morning. I'm Karen Adabani, and with me in the studio is... Annie Esposito. And if you're not familiar with this tag team, we come to you almost every election with the Proposition Show. We've been doing it for, we can't remember how many years, because we're getting old and we've been doing it so long. <laughs> we don't remember things anymore. <laughs> but we wrote down all this information we, for you. <laughs> we wrote down so much stuff. You can't believe how much paperwork is around here. So, um... You should have your ballot in the mail. Uh, if you don't, call the Registrar Voters Office. I bet I don't have the number. I didn't bring it in, but you can find that to make sure you got your ballot and all of that. Um, we're coming to you earlier than usual because everybody's getting ready to mail in their ballots early because of all the kerfuffle that's going on with everything. So Let me just say they, they started mailing them out, but most people do not have them yet. So, oh, they don't? Okay. So you don't need to panic yet. Oh, don't panic yet. Um, actually, when I had the registrar voters on, uh, Katrina said, if you don't get it by the 15th, then give them a call. So, right. Right. You got the number? Yeah, uh, she's looking for it. Well, yeah, it says... Um, 707-234-6819, That's the Mendocino County Elections Office. There you go. So, as we've done in the past, Annie has gotten the pros and the cons lined up for these 12 propositions, and I have been tracking the money. Um, there are two websites that Annie and I really, really like. Um, I like uh, calmatters.org. Uh, that's really a great one. They've got little short one-minute videos actually explaining the propositions, which is fascinating and really good to see. Uh, the other one we really like is uh, Ballotpedia. Mm-hmm. Ballotpedia. Is that dot .org also, I think? You know, I didn't write down the yeah. dot what, but it's Ballotpedia. You, you uh, search for that and you'll get it. Yeah, and that, that lists, um, I mean, I will say in all the years we've been doing this, it is getting much easier to track the money. There is much more information available. It's to the point you can also go to the Secretary of State of California and look on their website for the finances. They even give you now a selection where you can see the top 10 donors for these propositions. So it's made my job a little bit easier in that I can find the information. The obnoxious part is there is so much money to track. Um, yeah, you were like shaking your head in the parking lot over that. Actually, I've been having shaking my head for days. Um, I, I, I'm speechless. I am totally speechless. So I'm, we're going to be tracking each one of the propositions and doing that. And at the end, I'm going to give you the total of how much has been spent. That's only as of yesterday. And we still got a month to go, <laughs> folks. And people are throwing money at these propositions daily. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing I didn't eat this morning. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so we're going to start out with Annie. Uh, let's, where do we go? We got 12 propositions. The first one is stem cell. Yeah, we got 12 propositions, so a 14 through 25, and some of them are straightforward, and a couple of them are really confusing. So let's get started with 14, stem cell research. This is a bond. It would issue $5.5 billion in bond for a state stem cell research institute. And you'll hear people say CIRM, C-I-R-M, and that's the, the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine, which um, gives out this grants from the bond money. So it will do um, research, and uh, including other medical research and training facility constructions, administrative costs, expands programs, $1.5 billion to brain-related diseases, appropriates general fund money for repayment, and that would be $260 a month, 
um, no, I'm sorry, $260 million a year for 30 years. So that's what we're talking about, Prop 14 Stem Cell Research. And it's sort of 10 on the confusometer because the Democrats support it, but the Republicans and the Greens oppose it. So it's sort of all over the map, you know, what you think about this. So the arguments for, it's been 16 years since voters approved $3 billion for stem cell research. And now that money is almost gone. Without new money, CERM will begin shutting down this winter. Stem cell therapies are enormously expensive, scaring off insurance companies and Medicare. This would launch an effort to make stem cell research more affordable by building financial models for healthcare insurance companies. It will create more rules on how money is spent through California Institute for Regenerative Medicine, the aforementioned CIRM, and improve patient access to stem cell treatments. There is a track record. This research has saved the lives of children born without functioning immune systems and improved the lives of people with chronic disease. A USC study shows that CERM projects, um, they created 55,000 full-time jobs in California, generated $640 million in taxes, and it increased the state's economic activity by over $10.7 billion. Those are the arguments for. So what's again... Uh, bond financing profits wealthy investors at taxpayers' expense. Uh, new bonds would cost taxpayers $2.3 billion in interest payments and would draw $260 million from the budget every year for three decades. California faces an enormous budget deficit with proposals to slash social programs that benefit us all. Instead of pouring billions into this, we should invest in health care, housing, jobs, education. Another argument against. It doesn't address CERM's conflict of interest or lack of legislative oversight. It would engage the oversight board from, it would enlarge the oversight board from 29 to 35 members. And even at 29, it's been criticized for being too large, creating more possibilities for conflicts of interest. It outsources important ethical decisions to an unaccountable national committee. There are no longer federal limits to funding stem cell research, which was the excuse for the 2004 voter-approved stem cell search research money to begin with. So that was the impetus for it, and, and now they want to continue on with this, although it is no longer uh, prohibited by feds to, to, um, to do money toward the stem cell research like it was under Bush. So hundreds of underrelated, underregulated stem cell clinics offer harmful, unapproved treatments based on overpromising and hyped by the cell, stem cell research political campaign. <laughs> Those are the arguments, some of the arguments against. It would require a supermajority vote to amend its provision, which is why the League of Women Voters did not support it. Um, well, you get the idea. There's a lot of um, back and forth on this one. So who actually supports it? Well, the Democrats support it. And the Republicans, Peace and Freedom Party and Green Party, are against it. Uh, there's some neutral parties here. The um, California Labor Federation, League of Women Voters is neutral. Cal Nurses Association is uh, uh, neutral. The um, Chamber of Commerce is neutral. But for it is every disease you ever heard of. ALS Association, American Association for Cancer Research, American Diabetics Association. Um, these are all, all of these organizations, SFH foundations are all for it. 
and of course Robert Klein, the Silicon Valley real estate developer who is behind this, and you probably hear more about that from Karen. You will, indeed. So this isn't Proposition 14. So far on the table, we have $9.3 million in favor of this proposition, and there is no money being uh, thrown at the opposition. Uh, and those in favor, are, as, Nan- as Annie said, is Robert Klein. He actually is the one that put the original proposition and created this institution. The original proposition, as Annie said, was Proposition 71. It was done in 2004. And he pretty much created the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine. Uh, he's a developer. He's into, uh, He's a stem cell advocate. He's thrown um, 6.2, 6.3 million at this ballot measure so far. Right behind him at 2 million is Dagart Dolby. Dagmar, excuse me, Dolby, and that would be the uh, from the um, Dolby uh, sound money. That's a philanthropist. She's a philanthropist. And the other one, a million dollars, is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, then we have a stem cell researcher. Um, she's th- thrown uh, nine, 950000 at it. So you've got philanthropic people that believe in stem cell research and the advantages that it might bring out. Those are the money that's being thrown at it. Um, and that's where the money lies on that one. There we go. Okay, we through with the first one. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Okay, Prop 15, commercial property taxes. I put this down as eight on the confusometer just because anything to do with revising the old Prop 13 is confusing to begin with. This would, it's, this is a bitter battle, by the way. It would revise the old property tax rules from the old Prop 13 in 1978, which froze property taxes at the 76th level. Under this new Prop 15, property taxes for commercial property would be based on market value, while rules for residential property would be the same, or so-called split role. The revenue would go to local government services and schools. There have been 20 measures based on the old Prop 13, but this is the big one because this one separates out the big money, the, the commercial money. So let's see what some of the arguments here for. Chevron has been getting the same deal as Granny, and that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, think Disneyland. Huge commercial property owners have been getting the old Prop 13 benefits. It closes the commercial property tax loophole, restoring $11 billion a year to our school without raising taxes on homeowners, renters, or small businesses. It will raise up to $12 billion a year for schools and community colleges. We return $15 million a year for Ukiah Unified School District, according to Terry DeSelke, who's with the Teachers Union. Um, so that's $5 million a year that would go to the Ukiah alone, and $12 billion a year for schools. It doesn't include commercial ag and makes exceptions for small business owners with less than $3 million in holdings. They would be taxed on purchase price as they currently are. It would be a significant increase in revenue for the state since property taxes tend to appreciate 2% annually. Because of COVID, California faces a $54 billion deficit next year, underlining the importance of this initiative that would bring in the money. The current situation contributes to the housing shortage by incentivating owners to hold vacant, underutilized property. Fair market value would incentivize building new housing. 
reassess commercial property with increased jobs per UC study, and it will affect a small number of large and wealthy corporations. 80% of tax benefits of underassessment go to just 8% of the properties. And again, corporations worth more than $3 million, they should pay their fair share. So that's, that's the argument for, and there's, and there's more arguments for, but you get the idea on that one. Against special interests want higher taxes to pay for their already out-of-control pensions. And uh, the largest tax increase in California history at the wrong time for our economy to be able to afford it. California already has the worst business climate in the country, and this will make it really hard to attract new jobs. Uh, the anti-15 people are emphasizing that it'll hurt farmers. So now this is something that's going to be confusing to voters, and that's why I gave it a high confuse rating. Um, under the Prop 15, Section 3D2, no change to existing laws on taxing ag land. That's pretty clear. But uh, the anti-15 uh, ads are all featuring farmers. And how can that be? Well, I, I guess if you put in a new silo, you might, just like if I did at my house, <laughs> you might get a reassessment upward. Um, also, if you wanted to open up like some kind of food processing plant in connection with your agriculture, then that wouldn't count as ag. So that's why you're seeing all these farmers on the commercials against 15, but actually embedded very clearly in Prop 15 is um, no change to existing laws on taxing ag land. Meanwhile, more against landlords will pay a lot more and that will increase will be passed on to tenants, which could be small businesses. So that's why you see that. Um, so this, you can see it's kind of a a hard battle here, and here the, the pros and cons are much more clear. Uh, who's for it? The California Democrats, the Green Party, the Peace and Freedom Party, Friends Committee on Legislation, Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, all, all your Democrats are in favor of this. Dolores Huerta, the PTA, League of Women Voters, ACLU, and um, the San Francisco Bay Guardian says this is the most important measure to face voters in years. So against it, Republicans, Howard Jarvis, taxpayers, business groups, California Business Roundtable, and the California NWS. NAACP. I, I want to talk a little bit about that if there's time. Just um, Western manufactured housing communities, um, American Legion, all these people are against 15. And there's, there's some very jarring endorsements by the California NAACP. So I think I, I want to let people know what's going on here because at first I thought, well, they're making very conservative endorsements, which is odd for a civil rights group. Um, so first I thought, well, they're conservative businessmen like the Chamber of Commerce. So it turns out to be a, a little funkier than that. And um, <laughs> it's a disturbing. Um, what happens is uh, California and Hawaii NAACP, um, they, they are opposing what we just said, the split row tax, 15. They're, uh, they're opposing rent control, 21 rent control, while two-thirds of black Californians are renters. They oppose Prop 25, the bail-in issue, because they say that would keep blacks in jail under the 
exact opposite of what you think. Uh, and they oppose 23, the dialysis major, ma major that the big companies also impose. And they support 22, the gig workers extension, which big companies organize. So, <laughs> so what's going on? Um, KQED's political breakdown, which you can hear on this station at 6.30 a.m. on Saturdays, they looked into it. They had Laurel Rosenhoff with Cal Matters on, and she did a little digging and found that the president of the California NAACP, Alice Hussman, has her own consulting firm. And that firm has made over a million dollars for consulting services from the groups with interest in those aforementioned propositions. So, in other words, when groups endorse a major, they talk about it, they decide it's important, they vote to support it, they give money to the campaign. In this case, it's the money's coming in reverse. It's coming to the president of the California Hawaii NAACP. So, follow the money. Follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. Okay. Yeah. Karen, do it. Follow. Okay. So we're going to follow the money. So, um, folks, these totals are just as of today or yesterday. I need to tell you just to make sure we know there's going to be more money thrown at it. So, those in support of this proposition are almost up to forty-two million dollars. All right. Those that are against this proposition, 15, uh, are hovering at about 30 million as of yesterday. That's a lot of money, folks. So um, it's to the point now where I only look at people that give like a million or more because it's just <laughs> obnoxious, the money that's being thrown at this. So you can't track it. So what I'm doing is I'm giving you the highlights of who's behind this. So in support of this proposition, the biggest donor um, that I've seen so far is the Teachers Association. California Teachers Association have thrown um, almost $12 million at this proposition. The SCIU California State Council nonprofit is at $6.4 million. The Chan Zuckerberg advocacy nonprofit that is Zuckerberg and his wife they've got six million towards this the San Francisco Foundation has got a million and you know teachers that kind of thing is a lot of that so the total of all these SEIU workers and related to education is about 27 million of this about 28 million actually so opposing these this mallet measure, as you would think, uh, at coming in at three point or thirteen point three million dollars, excuse me, these numbers are just getting so off the wall big, is the California Business Roundtable Issues Pack. That's the biggest donor. Then you've got the California Business Property Association, about about a million. California Taxpayers Association, protect taxpayers right at a million, and it just keeps going down. Meaning it's property companies, investments, the farm bureaus throwing a half a million at it. So those are the kind of uh, investment companies and real estate properties that are against this proposition. There we go. Okay, so so let me just say, if mm -hmm. you're just tuning in, uh, this is Karen Autobani and Annie Esposito, and we are reviewing the propositions that are go on your ballot that should be in your PO box soon. Um, that's what you're listening to, folks, right here on KZUX and Z. Yes, okay. sir. So that was uh, 15, and a yes vote would revise old Prop 13 to tax commercial property at market value, Prop 15. Now, going on to 16, return to affirmative action. 
Affirmative action was outlawed in 1996 with Proposition 209, an amendment to the California Constitution, and this Prop 16 would repeal that. And then once again, affirmative action could be used in California in the public sector. This is one that, this is, this, this is only nine words long. How about that? Anyway, so who's, for, what, the, what are the arguments for it? Centuries of oppression have created unequal opportunities. This will help level the playing field. It allows government and public entities to develop affirmative action plans to ensure inclusion based on race, sex, color, ethnicity, national origin, and employment, education, contracting. It still faces federal law prohibiting strict racial quotas, but can consider race to serve a compelling interest, such as educational diversity. Um, U.S. Rep. Karen Bass has argued that the old Prop 209 was deceptively entitled California Civil Rights Initiative, so a lot of people voted for it by mistake, she believes. It was a Wall Street-backed initiative attacking the level playing field in a dog-whistle campaign to keep people down who are less able to compete. At UC, women are 54% of enrolled students, but only one-third of tenured faculty. Only one-third of the leadership and tenured position of California's community colleges and universities are held by black, Latino, or Asian-American scholars. Businesses owned by women and people of color lose over a billion dollars a year in government contracts. Lack of diversity in public contracting hurts minority business. Equal opportunity programs are a time-tested way to fight systemic racism and gender discrimination. So what is the argument against well, um, the people against Prop 16, affirmative action, say racial preferences are wrong no matter who they benefit. Asian Americans are 15.3% of Californians, yet are 39.72% of UC students. This would divide California racially with Asians on one side and Latinos and blacks on the other. Uh, it would legalize racism and sexism. We should be reforming public schools K-12 through instead. This one is my favorite one. Enforcing equal outcomes regardless of qualifications and efforts is the hallmark of communism. That's what I forget who, which arguer said that, but that was pretty funny, I thought. Okay. All right. We ready for money? Oh, let me say who's for it. Okay, do that. So who's for it? The Democrats, the Peace and Freedom Party, Green Party, um, Alex Padilla, Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, Dolores Huerta, Kaiser Permanente, League of Women Voters, Environmental Defense Love, ACLU, Anti-Defamation League, and the California NAACP is for this one. So this is the one where they really voted like a civil rights group, thank goodness. <laughs> Chamber of Commerce, uh, those are all people that are, uh, are in favor of it. There's a smaller a uh, group of organizations that I found against it, the Republican Party, Californians for Equal Rights, uh, No on 16, American Civil Rights Institute, Silicon Valley Chinese Association, um, just, just a few that seem to be against it. All right, let's track the money. So, Proposition 16, uh, those in favor have raised, have, don- have put in uh, million dollars and the big players in that um, would be 5.5 million came from Quinn Delaney and this is a a woman in uh, Oakland who is part of Democracy Alliance she's a civil rights advocate and has been for many years Uh, she's got 5.0 million in the game Kaiser uh, Foundation Health Plan 1.5 million uh, 
Patricia Quin- Quinlan, you're going to hear that name again. She's um, the wife of the Netflix owner, Reed Hastings. Um, she's thrown a million at it. Teachers Association, uh, Civil American Civil Liberties Union, and it just keeps going down the list of big donors. Teachers Association, $2.5 million. Those are the big ones. That adds up to about... million. On the other side, the no against this proposition has raised, it says, 960,000. I'm sure that'll go over a million shortly. And I went online and actually had to dig for those donations because, believe it or not, they were $100, $1,000, nothing over, nowhere near $5,000 at a time. And I would say 97, if 98% of those small donations came from the Asian community. I was shocked. Interesting. It was. So when you say there's a divide between Latinos and blacks and the Asians, boy, they they raised that much money with small donations. So there you go. That throws that right. into question, that argument against. There you go. All right. We need to move this along if we're going to make it any. Yes, I know. Okay. So I think the <laughs> beginning ones were the most long. There's a, there follows some that you probably already know which side you're on just by the title like this one. So it should get easier. So just to, once again, Prop 16, ref, return to affirmative action. A yes vote will repeal 209 and return us to affirmative action. Prop 17, allows parolees to vote. This is one of those where, you know, law and order ones where you probably already know what side you're on. So this one, hopefully we can just start doing some quickly ones. Um, California, in California, someone on probation can vote while someone on parole cannot, even though probation is part of the sentence and parole begins upon release from prison. So that's um, a little trying to straighten out something there that people think is in conflict. The arguments in favor are it would be more representative democracy. About 40,000 Californians would be affected. As it stands now, a parolee has to wait an average of three years after release to be able to vote. So during that time, they're paying taxes but not voting. And there's been a trend toward restoring voter rights. In county jails, people already vote unless they're being transferred to another prison, and it would allow parolees to run for office if they were not convicted of perjury and bribery. The arguments are against. This includes murderers, heinous crimes, part of their sentences to complete parole. An individual on parole has not regained the full trust of society nor the privileges. Parole is reserved for violent criminals. They should serve out their parole. I've had some, I asked a lawyer about this. He said, well, it's a felony. We're talking about felons here, but it's not necessarily violent. It could be, you know, a financial injury or something. So that's the proposition. Who's for it? The Democrats. Who's against the Republicans? Who's for it? Uh, Peace and Freedom, Green Party, California Labor Federation, League of Women Voters, um, This one, you probably can tell where you stand on that one. All right, so we're going to track the money on this one. Actually, this is one of the lesser uh, amounts that I'm going to quote tonight, uh, or this morning, excuse me. Uh, Proposition 14 or 17, in favor of the voting, voting rights restoration, is about $590,000 on the four side. Uh, there's no money and nobody opposing that money-wise. So you've got your philanthropic people um, doing this um You've got the Democratic Party throwing money at it. Patty, um, 
Patricia Quinlan again, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. She's the biggest one of the biggest donors there. And Susan um, Pitzer, she's another philanthropist, throws threw a two hundred thousand at it. And the Carpenters Union threw money at it. Teachers Association threw three hundred. Uh, $30,000 at it. Um, uh, the Foundation, the Action Fund, uh, Heisling and Simmons, Lisa Simmons there, um, did a hundred thousand. Action Fund is a hundred thousand. So it's mainly philanthropic people that are throwing money at this, and that's where the money's going on that one. Okay, so that was 17. Uh, a yes vote allows people on parole for a felony conviction to vote. So let's go on to another voting rights one. Prop 18 allows some 17-year-olds to vote. It would allow 17-year-olds to vote in a primary election if they will turn 18 by the general election. So that's 18. The arguments for are pretty obvious. Young people are significantly underrepresented in electorate. This would engage young voters and establish voting as a lifelong habit. More voters will be interested in the issue if they participate in a full election cycle. Many 17-year-olds have jobs and pay taxes, so they should have representation. Without full exposure to the election process, they will not be able to cast the most educated vote being outside of the process from the beginning. Right now, someone who could vote for the already selected candidates did not get the chance to decide the finalists. That's the arguments for against. 17-year-olds are minors. Legally, they're children. Most are living with their parents and in high school are less likely to make independent choices. The Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association in California, tax increases go on the ballot frequently on a primary or special election, and it is unwise for high school students to vote on tax issues. Okay, so who's in favor of it? California Democrats, Alice Padilla, Secretary of State, Peace and Freedom Party, Green Party, California Labor Federation, League of Women Voters, and who's against it? Republicans and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. All right, again, not a lot of money, but being thrown at this one. Those in favor of this proposition are around uh, $350,000 so far. Um, and the big donors for that, which some of them are very interesting, uh, Southern Cal Edison, 25000 uh, The Native American tribe uh, that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, the Yoksha, Deha, uh, Winton Nation is 25000 Um The biggest donor probably was the California League of Conservative Voters Education Fund put 60000 towards it. And the Committee to Innovate for a California Future, which is Evan Lowe, he's assemblyman, they, he put in uh, $100,000. And I want to say that Alex uh, Padilla, the, um, he's the Secretary of State, I believe. Yes, he, he is. is. And what happened here is that there's a group that they call for uh, the committee measure for, it's the Ballot Measure Committee for Democracy and Justice. And they pooled the money together for Propositions 16, 17, and 18, which have to do with, two of them are worth pro, um, voting rights. So those are the big players in that. Uh, Kevin Mullins is a big uh, assemblyman. He put 50K towards this. Uh, California Quality Pack, 49,000. So 
There you go with the players on that one. Okay, Prop 18, a yes vote allows 17-year-olds to vote in the primary if they will be 18 by the general election. Going on to 19, <laughs> this is one of our confusing ones, and we're going to have to burn through the rest of them. Okay, so 19 adds and subtracts property tax breaks, changes to assessment transfers and inherent rules. California homeowners who are 55 years or more can buy a new home and keep their property tax at the same level or less, depending on the value of the new house. But inherited homes that are not the principal residence will be reassessed and at market value when they are transferred. It exempts adult children using their parents' home as primary residence. So... The problems this that this is trying to address, I, I think they call it the Lebowski, Lebowski. loophole. <laughs> the Lebowski loophole, I love it. Yeah, yes. so there, there are rich people in Malibu with estates that pay less property tax than you do. And the poster child for this is actor Jeff Bridges, who pays low tax on inherited property that he rents and Hence the name Lebowski Lupo. I guess he played Lebowski in a movie you saw and I didn't. Okay. <laughs> okay, arguments for. It's a break for older people who might be reluctant to change houses. It expands property tax break for older homeowners who lose their home to fire or other disaster. It would narrow tax breaks to homes lived in by the owner. The rich had been taking advantage of the existing law, transferring a house to a child where property tax doesn't change and they charge monthly rents that were higher than the annual tax payment. Resulting revenues would go to firefighters. It's portable from one county to another. Okay, and uh, that means uh, the NorCal labor is for it because of the money going to the firefighters. So uh, arguments against, this is an attempt by real estate interest to raise taxes, appease the firefighters union in order to pass it. It just helps real estate agents. A special interest giveaway to boost realtors' commissions, unfair to property heirs. The longer a person owned their current home and benefited from low tax bills, the greater the tax break on new property. Exacerbates an already inequitable property tax system by offering tax breaks to people who don't need them. Seniors are already allowed to keep their current tax assessment when they buy a home of equal or lesser value. So it might make sense to tighten rules for inherited property, but this is not the way to do it, according to the people that are against it. So who's for it? Um, this is sort of crazy. Who's for it is California Democrats. Who's, the, who's neutral is the Republicans. Who's against it is the Peace and Freedom Party, the League of Women Voters, Friends Committee on Legislation, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, uh, California State Association of Counties. So it's a, it's a mixed bag, as you can see. All right, let's track the money. 19, property tax transfers. Okay, uh, in favor of this proposition, $36.2 million, folks. And that comes from $15.7 million comes from the California Association of Realtors. Okay. Uh, $15.7 million comes from the California Association of Realtors Issues Mobilization Pack. Uh, five point million comes from the National Association of Realtors. Democratic Party threw a million at it. Um, and then we've got the Cal another California 
Association of Realtors, $20 million in addition to that. So mainly realtors throwing money at it. Now, the no side on this, okay, again, 26.24, this proposition. The no side is $45,000. That's it so far today. And that is, as you might suspect, the... Howard Jarvis Taxpayers <laughs> Association. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, that was 19. A yes vote allows transfer of tax assessment to a more expensive home with an upward adjustment and increases the number of times someone 55 or older can do this from once to three times. Okay, 20, I think, is a sort of quick. It's a tough on crime one, and people usually know where they stand on that. 20, tougher on parole and property crimes, changes to criminal sentencing, prison release, DNA collection. It would allow some thefts-related crimes to be charged as felonies. It would create two new crimes, serial theft and organized retail crime, wobblers, they call them, which could be charged either as a misdemeanor or a felony, changes rules for border parole hearings and community probation programs. It would define 51 crimes as violent in order to exclude them from parole review program, expands DNA testing to include people convicted of theft or domestic violence. So the arguments are in favor. Right now, crimes considered nonviolent or not serious that allow the offender to get out of prison earlier include rape, spouse abuse, drive-by shooting, and child trafficking. In the current soft-on-crime attitude, crime is increasing. The arguments against, they refute all of that. They say California crime rates are the lowest in history. Um, It would prevent parole for multiple shoplifting offenses. It's a Trump administration return to the 1990s area of harsh sentencing and mass incarceration. A prison industry scam. We should be allocating that money toward community needs. And they're saying it's not true about um, the soft on crime. uh, The Public Policy Institute of California says um, that... It's just an attempt to roll back and, and, and it decreased racial disparities and did not result in more violent crime. So it would um, this proposition would increase penalties for low-level offenses in a system that's already profoundly biased against black, Latinos, and indigenous people. Jerry Brown says it would eliminate all hope in prison, and he says fundamental to any kind of criminal justice system is that while you impose punishment, you make room for redemption and rehabilitation. Um, so those are the arguments against, and who's for it? The Republicans, the Association of L.A. Deputy Sheriffs, Peace Officers Association of California, and Albertson Safeway. Who's against it? California Democrats, Jerry Brown, Green Party, SCIU, League of Women Voters, ACLU, Courage California. Now for the money. Do-do-do-do. Sounds like the money will follow the money here. So those in favor of Proposition 20 are up to $4.3 million for, and that would consist of the biggest donor to that is the California Correctional Peace Offers Association. $2 million they threw at it. Next is uh, $200,000 at the Los Angeles Deputies Association, Los Angeles Peace Patrol, Protection, Police Protection League is a 200000 um, Actually, believe it or not, Annie, Albertson Safeway through um, 
Albertson Safeway, oh, they're the same, through 100000 at that. San Bernardino Sheriff's uh, employees benefit 100000 So the money's coming basically from sheriffs and that. I'm surprised I didn't. Anyway, that's where that money's coming from for a total of, so far, $4.3 million. Now, those against have uh, raised so far $5.8 million against this uh, biggest donor there so far is again patricia quinlan she's the philanthropist who's in uh you know equality um advocacy she took two million at that uh again chan zuckerberg initiative is 1.2 million dollars committee for california about nine hundred thousand, and you go down with a lot of other philanthropic people that are into peace and justice movements and they're throwing money at that so they're up to two four five point eight million on the no on proposition 20 Okay, so 20, a yes vote on 20 is a vote for stricter sentences in DNA collection. Going on to 21, rent control, you probably know where you are on that, so we can burn through this one, I hope. Um, It is not a statewide rent control. It expands local government power to use rent control, and it undoes a 1995 freeze on rent control, the Costa-Hawkins Act. Cities and counties could apply rent control to housing that is more than 15 years old, excepting some single-family homes. can impose limits on rent increases when a new renter moves in, excepting landowners who own no more than two houses. So that's a 21 the rent control, the arguments in favor of it. Affordability crisis has reached epic proportions with many people paying 50% of their income to keep a roof over their heads. California renters pay 70% more than renters in other states. This most minimal form of economic security is crucial for the family. High rents are raising the level of homeless. Profound housing insecurity is a significant reason that COVID-19 has caused more suffering for low-income workers. More local ability to control rents. Not perfect, but an improvement. Current law bans rent control for single-family homes or housing built after 1995. This would allow for rent control on residences that are 15 years old and would exempt landlords who own no more than two homes. This is probably the closest California would come to significantly expanding affordable housing in the state. The arguments are against It will hurt renters by discouraging private sector builders from building more affordable housing units to market. It provides no protection for seniors relying on their single-family home for their needs later in life. Rent control didn't pass in 2018. Voters don't want rent control. That's the arguments against it. Who's for it? California Democrats, Green Party, Peace and Freedom Party, Social Democratic Socialists of America, um, Dolores Huerta, Ask, Ask Me, Eviction Defense Network, National Lawyers Guild, um, Neutral, California Labor Federation and League of Women Voters. Who's against it? Republicans, California Conference of Carpenters and Electrical Workers, uh, construction trades, uh, and then uh, S's property tax, Prometheus real estate, uh, Howard Jarvis, and the California NAACP. <laughs> All right, we ready to track the money? Yes, we are. Okay, we're going to track the money. Um, so, in favor of this proposition, twenty-one is uh, the donations are running at twenty-four million dollars, and I will say it's fascinating because Annie and I did this in 08. I was in 
2018, excuse me, 2018, there was a Proposition 10 on the ballot that went down. And the pers- the group that put that on the ballot was the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Remember that, Annie? Yeah. Well, guess what? They're the ones that got this on the ballot again. Because these are, we haven't mentioned it, but several, a lot of the propositions this time are citizen initiatives, which means everybody's out there signing pe- petitions, correct? So the AIDS Foundation got this on the ballot. They've thrown $24 million at it. On the other side, they're the, they're the biggest donors. The Nurses Association throw 50,000 um, at it. All right. Okay. So those that against this would be every real estate organization you could possibly think of <laughs> in the state. They have managed to acquire 42, just under by today, it's probably $42 million to know on this proposition. Uh, biggest donor so far that I'm showing is just under $5 million is Essex Property Trust, Inc. Okay. And then you go down to Equity Residential. Um, you go down to another uh, big developer, big developers. Um, the list just keeps going on with big developers, big real estate companies, big apartment management and investment corporations. You get the gist, folks. But that, all of that added up to $42 million against this proposition. There you go. Ooh, okay. Not bad. 21, rent control. A yes vote means local governments are entitled to enact rent control. Prop 22 is a hot one. That's the workplace rules for the gig economy. It considers app-based drivers to be independent contractors in labor policies in app-based companies. A reaction against AB5, Prop 22, would be a permanent exemption from AB5 for Uber and Lyft, who would then not be subject to requirements for employees. So there's a, let's see, the arguments for this one. Um, It's the best of two worlds. You have flexibility, you're your own boss, but you have protections. App-based driving is under threat. This will end the uncertainty and make sure people maintain the right to earn money on their own terms. If rideshare drivers are forced to be classified as employees, it will limit the availability and affordability of these services. State law makes it difficult to implement many customer safety protections. Lyft CEO Logan Galen said he would be forced to cease operations in all or part of California if he's forced to reclass workers and drivers as employees. The argument suggests... Benefits contained in Prop 11 pale in comparison with what workers are entitled to under state law. These billion-dollar corporations refuse to offer their workers what every other employee in California is entitled to. Minimum wage, Social Security, overtime, the right to organize. It's a brazen attempt by some of the richest corporations to avoid playing by the same rules as the law-abiding companies in our state. These companies developed their market initiative illegally to begin with by violating city laws regarding taxes. These companies have lost in the legislative process. They've lost in court. Now they're trying to buy deregulation with cash and cash and spin. It would slash workers' protections for app-based jobs to benefit large corporations that put it on the ballot. Um, there may be a need to fix AB5, um, but this is not it. And this also doesn't affect the other gig workers that you know we know in the community, like musicians who've had problems. Or with, journalists. With, with, yeah, journalists. Or journalists. <laughs> with AB5. This is uh, for app-based drivers or delivery people. So who is for it? Well, Republican Party, Lyft, Uber, DoorDash, Chamber of Commerce, the Black Chamber of Commerce... 
Howard uh, Jarvis Taxpayers Union, Crime Victims United of California, Sheriff's Peace Officers, Neutral is the League of Women Voters, and Who's Against It, Democrats, Green Party, Peace and Freedom, California Labor Fed, CTA, California State Council of Laborers, um, Gig Workers Rising, and Courage California. What about the money? Oh, my gosh. What can we say about the money? I don't know about you guys, but I happen to have Lyft and Uber on my my little smartphone and i have been getting texts i've been getting <laughs> messages i've been getting flooded so that's my where all the money goes talk about a big bill and a lot of money um oh where to begin so this proposition has got four this proposition in favor 184.4 million dollars that's just as of yesterday folks and it's going up actually i saw a number this I pulled down last night. They upped it to one hundred eighty-six point two million. Actually, we had to throw some more money at that, and we—I'll tell you the players. But here you go: Uber, uh, fifty point one million; Lyft, forty-eight point five million, and it toward DoorDash, twenty uh, forty-seven point seven million. Uh, Maple Bear Inc. I have no idea. Instacar, they're twenty-seven point six. Postmates, eleven point three, and the list just gets going, keeps going on down. Uh, no, on this proposition has raised ten point six million. Let me see if they've up to that. Ten point six million with the big donors. Okay, against this biggest donor, so the big donors are the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, uh, 1.5, United Food and Commercial Workers International, 1 million, Service Workers International, 1 million, United. So you've got the unions throwing a million so dollars at that. That's where the money's coming is from the unions. Another, so you've got, yes, 186 million versus uh, 10.6 million again for those opposed it's a big a lot of money you know who the players are there you go okay so that's 22 <laughs> the gig workplace rules for the big economy a yes vote would define ride share and delivery drivers as independent contractors a no would make ab5 applicable and could be used to decide if aft-based drivers are employees or independent contractors all right, 23. This is another fun one. Oh, fun one. <laughs> okay. Kidney dialysis rules. Requires physician on site and consent from state for clinic to close would require same levels of care to all patients regardless of whether treatment is paid for by private insurance or Medi-Cal. And the arguments for this making... Um, Dialysis clinics keep a doctor on site. It, uh, arguments for improves regulation of clinics, forbids discrimination, as you just heard, against Medicare. The State Department of Health would have to authorize, to, would have the authority to rule on any proposed closure or substantial reduction in services. So 23 would not lead to shutting down clinics unless the state approved it, which is, of course, one of the big arguments for it. Um, so this is just a simplified version of Prop 8, a battle between four profit businesses and labor units. How can the electorate make an informed decision? If stricter regulations raise costs, the clinics will cut back hours and services harming patients. There will be unintended consequences. And the San Francisco Bay Guardian says, we're on the side of unions, but this won't help unions. It'll just drive up the cost of care. Uh, regulation of medical clinics is a safety issue and should not be decided by the ballot. 
Who's for it? The Democrats, the Green Party, California Labor, SEIU, and the health workers adjunct to SEIU. Who's neutral? The California nurses are neutral. The American Association of University Women and the League of Women Voters are neutral. Who's against it? Republican Party. And then the um, the businesses, the dialysis clinics themselves, Davida, Fresenius Medical Care, California Medical Association, American Legion, and the California NAACP. Oh, the money, the money, the money. All right. Proposition 23. Those that are in favor of this have raised a measly $6 million. Okay. Um, I'm sorry to be facetious about this, but the numbers are just off the chart, folks. Um, the biggest donor to the no, uh, yes on this proposition is SEI United Healthcare Workers Political Action Committee, and they've uh, thrown uh uh, 5.5 million at a yes vote on this. Um, all right. And as I, Eddie and I talked about in 2018, when again a dialysis uh, proposition was on the ballot, the two biggest companies that do dialysis in the world, uh, Davita, uh, has thrown $60 million at a no on this proposition. And the German company, the Fresenius, Medical Care has thrown $26 million at it. U.S. Renal Care, $6.8 million. So it's the big dialysis companies that threw millions and millions on it against the proposition in uh, 2018, which did fail, are again throwing big money at this one. So there you go. Okay, props. 23 kidney dialysis, a yes vote would require on-site physicians. Right. 24, this is a Lulu. <laughs> this one is all over the map, Karen. <clears throat> I know. And this one's a citizens initiated, too. So this is a proposition where they went out and put it on the ballot. Okay. Citizens initiated state statute. Expands California Consumer Privacy Act and creates the California Privacy Protection Agency to implement and enforce the Privacy Act. It removes time period given to businesses to fix violations before their penalties kick in. It gives consumers the ability to opt out of having sensitive personal information shared and not share personal information on consumers' request. The company must get permission to collect data from consumers under 16, must have parent uh, guardian permission for under 13, it triples fine for violating children's privacy rights. It must correct incorrect, inaccurate, personal, whatever that is, Karen, what is it? I just had too much coffee. Um, uh, upon request of the consumer, it would be required to correct inaccurate personal information. It allows consumer to limit businesses from using your sensitive data and keeping it longer than necessary. Okay, that sounds good, but this is very complicated. The arguments for people are more sensitive to privacy information with COVID-19, and polls show that people want more control over their information. This will stop Uber from racial profiling. It'll stop Spotify from geolocating you. It'll stop Facebook from using people's sexual orientation, health status, and religion in their algorithms. <clears throat> So here's the arguments against. No one reads the thousands of words of fine print. The 52 pages are full of privacy reductions and giveaways to Facebook, social media platforms, and big tech companies. This initiative could actually reduce privacy rights under the recent law. It will allow businesses to create new pay-for-privacy schemes. 
tech companies could downgrade services to those who can pay the extra fees. Companies could block you from certain apps unless you opt in and give up your privacy. It creates loopholes that could allow commercial credit companies to sell personal information to small business owners. It permits the continued use of digital redlining or neighborhood scores so racial makeups of a person or neighborhood could be used to deny loans. Okay, this goes on and I'm going to stop on, on, the, on that. Yeah, because we're running out of time. Who's for it? Well, Andrew Yang, who may be Biden's Secretary of Labor if Biden is president. He's for it. Common Sense, Peace and Freedom. Um, Alistair McTaggart, I'm sure, Karen, you're going to tell us about that. I will. The very odd thing is the Electronic Frontier Foundation is neutral. The Democrats are neutral. The Republicans are against. Dolores Huerta is against. The Green Party is against. The ACLU is against. All right. So th- what basically what this does, it, it would uh, amend the 2018 ballot measure for consumer privacy, which was put on the ballot by um, signatures from um, Alistair McTaggart. And he did the first one and he put this one on the ballot. He got it on the ballot with signatures and he has thrown uh million dollars at that he is the biggest donor the next one down would be bill dodd and he's a senator from the third district and he's thrown twenty thousand at it so these are the big contributors for that this is he's um mctaggart is very much into privacy and has been doing it raising money for that so the pro side is 5.4 million the no on this is raised um, only $48,000 and mainly that has been two big organizations California Consumer and Privacy Advocates is the group but the donors are California Nurses Association $20,000 Consumer Federation of California $25,000 that does that one okay we're going to keep going on this one because the next one and the last one is Proposition 20 five which has to do with bail and annie's putting some music together here oh no so, I'm, I'm already i'm on it are you I'm, no, no that's okay. okay let don't me just rush you. just remind people that 24 a yes vote expands consumer information privacy rules but could create a pay for a pay for your privacy scenario we've got one left and we just have a few minutes but this is an easy one i think you probably know it's a law and order one uh, prop uh, t- uh 25 it's a uh, citizen initiated veto referendum. It replaces cash bail with risk assessments for suspects waiting trial, and defendants deemed a danger to the community would be held under preventive detention. So it's, it's just what you think it says, uh, like some of the others are not this one. Um, right as it is right now, um, people may spend a year in jail waiting for their court date if they don't have the money to bail out. Somebody who's guilty of a more serious crime who does have the money to bail out can do so. And this is basically criminalizing poverty. So in two sentences, that's the arguments of for and against. And the people supporting it are uh, Democrats and uh, SEIU, the governor, Peace and Freedom, Green Party, uh, California Medical Association. Who's against it? Republicans, American Bail Association, and bail agents, and the NAACP. All right. Are we ready for the money? Yep. Okay. Tracking the money on this one. Proposition 15. Those in favor have got um, $8,000,000. And that has come from uh, Steve A. Balmer and Associates. I'm not sure who they are. Uh, at $2.5,000,000. And looks like his wife and affiliates gave another $2.5,000,000. Uh, and then we have SEIU. 
a half a million action now half a million and again patricia quinlan you know she's throwing uh, 200,000 at it so those are the ones throwing money at it on the other side of the opposing side they have raised actually more so far 9 nine million dollars and as you might think the list is a bunch of bail bonds company holding companies american surety company a aia holdings a lot of bail bonds companies and management companies that do bail bonds have thrown money at that and we've only got a minute left but i've got to tell everybody the totals for this year's propositions made me want to i don't know leave okay uh the total that has been thrown at these propositions as of today is 535 million dollars and when annie and i started this i thought 80,000 was bad folks 535 million dollars what we could do with that money where's my sound effect machine for a scream (laughs) (laughs) scream or puke one or the other is it time to get money out of politics i wish we could comment on that but thank you folks for losing tuning in you will be able to access show on jukebox do vote do vote please vote Okay, and this is KZYX Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willis and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, K201HR, Fort Bragg, 88.1 FM, your community radio station. Stay tuned for some beautiful music.